Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Today's Marketing Monday, we are going to have a great time with this topic because it was something that even came up just yesterday for me on Clubhouse where somebody was talking about this topic of vanity metrics. And so what I wanted to discuss today, albeit rather briefly, is how there's no such thing as vanity metrics. But before we get into that, let's do the announcements. So this week, we are continuing on the Defiant Business Podcast. We are continuing with our amazing guest, Sally Mildren of Boss Lady Consulting, who works with healthcare companies to improve their patient experience. Now, if you have been to the doctor in the United States, you can probably agree that they need to work on the patient experience. So that is one of the big things for this week as well. The live stream from several weeks ago, do free lead magnets still work, is also available today on the Defiant Business Podcast. So if you did not catch that live stream or if you want to listen to it again, download it, have some, you know, go for a walk where maybe you're not connected to the internet or something and you don't have unlimited data, whatever, you can do that now because that episode is on the podcast. And so today we are going to talk about the so-called vanity metrics and why I don't believe that there is any such thing as vanity metrics. Uh, now, this comes from the standpoint of me having been an intelligence analyst for several years with the government while I was in the army and while I was a federal contractor. So from that perspective, I'm telling you that there's no such thing as vanity metrics, but what can happen is that metrics get taken out of context or you emphasize the wrong ones depending on your business model. So we're going to talk about this because metrics can actually indicate where you've got problems. Yes, metrics can indicate where you've got problems. And again, it's really based on the type of business that you have, where your audience is, how you normally get customers or clients. All of those things are factors. And this is something that a marketing strategist, such as myself, pays attention to. If you've got a marketing person, a marketing department, a, a marketing strategist that you're working with, and it doesn't seem like they're doing this, then it could be an oversight on their part. They may be stuck in that cycle of marketing for marketing's sake. Oh, we got this, you know, many metrics here and, and this was the number for our metrics there. And so they just kind of got stuck in the, the rut of doing marketing, doing content, advertising, anything just for the sake of doing that activity because they're supposed to be doing it. And that is absolutely wrong. So what we're going to talk about, what I'm going to do is we're going to walk through the different funnels. So we've got top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, and bottom of the funnel. And we're going to line them up with the customer or client journey stages. Okay? So the stages include the awareness stage, the consideration stage, and the decision stage. Now, uh, I prefer to look at marketing and sales not as a funnel because it sounds like there's like a terminal end point. 
point. I prefer to look at it as a cycle. And so, and when you look at it from the client journey perspective, and we've got some content on this on the Defy the Status Quo blog, but looking at the sales cycle, then there's a fourth stage. So you've got awareness, consideration, and decision. There's a fourth stage that's the delight stage. And so I would say that in terms of the funnel, that could also be the fourth stage is the delight stage, i.e. you are continuing to delight your current audience. You are continuing to delight your current and past clients. And by doing so, you can actually increase your impact over time because it's like 27 times more expensive to acquire a new client than it is to work with a past or current client, meaning that you're able to offer them something else that they need and they choose to buy with you because they trust you. So let's go ahead and take a look at these different metrics based on kind of where they fall. So looking at your top of the funnel metrics, this is kind of where we're looking at the awareness stage. Top of the funnel metrics are the ones most likely to be deemed vanity metrics. I'm talking your likes, your comments, your shares. Those are typically called vanity metrics most of the time. And the reason why is because, again, they are taken out of context. They're taken out of context. So If you are looking to build awareness, you're like, hey, are people seeing my content? Well, I could tell you the answer is no. If you have no likes, no comments, and no shares, how is that a vanity metric? It all depends on the the question that you're asking. Now, if you place emphasis on top of the funnel metrics without good reason, because there's still a reason to put emphasis, especially if you're like, hey, we're just building awareness for the brand. We're going to be doing a launch and we're putting in other infrastructure, let's say. We're still putting in infrastructure so we can capture things like emails and stuff. But right now we're just trying to get people excited. Then your top of the funnel metrics will be your important ones. They will be your important ones. And so top of the funnel, you're usually looking for more followers, connections, friends, et cetera. But you're also looking for those likes, comments, and shares. Those are your top of the funnel. And that just kind of proves people are aware of you. They're seeing your content. They're willing to engage with it. And they're not vanity metrics within the context of the full story. Okay, so I hope that that makes sense. Let me know if you're vibing with me right now. Let me know if you need me to explain top of the funnel or the awareness stage. You can always leave a comment if you're listening to this live. You can leave a comment if you are listening to this and it's a podcast episode already. You can uh, either leave a comment uh, if the app you're using allows for that, or you can send me a DM and I probably have content I can send you. So let's go ahead and take a look at the middle of the funnel. So middle of the funnel, this is what we call the consideration stage. The person who is in the consideration stage is considering solutions. They're considering solutions to this problem that they've been made aware of, lucky them. And so this is typically where you'll see, oh, okay, maybe there's like some DMs now, they're maybe DMing you, or uh, maybe it's that they've signed up to receive your free ebook or your video course or something like that, right? So they've actually given you their contact information in exchange for something. So this would be potentially lead magnets for you. Middle of the funnel could also be, depending on how you're your kind of sales and marketing cycle is set up. Middle of the funnel might also be, you know, workshops and things like that. But essentially, people have taken an additional step beyond engaging on social media, and and they're really kind of trusting you a bit more. Now, middle of the funnel metrics are often not called vanity metrics, but you know, you can get a bunch of people to sign up for your email list who aren't a good fit. For your email list and not a good fit for your services. So that can happen. And so again, it's not that it's vanity metric, but it's like, where did these people come from? Why did they sign up? 
Let's not do it again. Because these people, while they're probably great people, they are not the people you are looking for, right? And so if you posted something on social media, let's say you posted a viral question, a question that went viral or a short video that went viral, but it went viral for the wrong reasons, that's a lesson for you to learn because not only did that viral for the wrong reasons video, did it, you know, it went viral and it got a lot of top of the funnel engagement, right? A lot of metrics went up because of that video. Then it also ended up in the middle of fun- in middle of the funnel, increased the signups for your email list or maybe for your webinar or whatever, but the people aren't actually going to be folks who take the next step with you. And so there's a lesson to be learned there. Remember, at the beginning, I said metrics can indicate where you've got a problem. Another problem to consider at the middle of the funnel is if people aren't, if people are not taking that next step, if they're not signing up for your email list, if they're not signing up for your webinar or your workshop or your ebook or whatever it is, if they're not signing up, but you have top of the funnel engagement, right, then that tells you something. From my perspective, what it tells me is that your top of the funnel content, your social media content does not match with the CTA that you're asking people to make moves on. So it would be like if I, as a brand strategist, was constantly posting about mom stuff and people were really engaging with all my mom stuff, but then I was like, but don't you want this brand strategy workshop though? And they're like, no, but you sound like you're really good with your kids. We'd love like a do five crafts with your kids this week workshop. And I'm like, but I don't want to do that. See, so you could see, now that's a really extreme example, right? But my content at the top of my funnel, my social media content where people are engaging and liking and all this other stuff does not match up with the action I want them to take. So as the, the analyst, I would say, okay, now you need to go back. You need to fix that content. Sorry, I'm visualizing it. So I'm closing my eyes, but you need to go back and fix that. You need to go back and fix that because they need to match or you need to change your business. It's it's one of those things, right? So middle of the funnel, those are typically we're seeing some kind of light conversions. Again, like an easy conversion, signing up for something, attending an event you're having, maybe something like that. And if you aren't getting those, but you are getting the top of the funnel metrics are going very nicely, then there's a disconnect between these two stages of the buyer's journey. Okay. And then finally, we're going to look at the bottom of the funnel. This is the decision stage. They're like, okay, I know what's going on. Now I just need to pick who's going to help me solve this problem. And so typically, bottom of the funnel metrics, we're looking at people who are scheduling calls with you. People who are scheduling calls with you, that's like kind of the one of the bottom of the funnel metrics. And then people who are actually choosing to buy with you. People who are actually choosing to buy with you. And so you could have great top of the funnel metrics. You could have decent middle of the funnel metrics. But if people are not scheduling calls with you, then they don't feel the urgency. They don't feel the urgency. Or you are scheduling calls, but people are choosing not to move forward. That indicates a couple of things. So if people are choosing not to move forward, you either do not present your offer well on the phone or the people who are scheduling calls with you are not a good fit for your offer. So you need to better you need to work on your pre-qualifying process. Now, granted, your entire marketing and sales cycle should be part of your pre-qualifying process. This is why it's so important not to put content on the front end of your marketing, all of your social content. That's why that stuff needs to match up with the action you want people to take. And so if, if it doesn't match and people are like, oh, this is what I love you for, but this is not what you're selling. Oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I need that. So it could be a few things there, right? So again, you're not presenting your offer well on the phone or on Zoom or whatever it is. Maybe it's it's 
complex. Maybe you put too much in there. Maybe you're trying to give them all the tools instead of talking to them about the benefits. And I see that a lot in terms of people being like, oh, well, I'm certified in this and I can do that. And we have these exercises and I have access to this and I've got this. And the person does not care. The person does not care. Keep it simple. And then once they sign, tell them what they've won. But don't tell them what they've won before they sign with you because they don't care. They don't care until after they agree to move forward with you. And then you tell them all the stuff that they've won. And they're like, wow, look at all this great stuff that I got. But if you bring it out before then, they're going to be confused. They're going to want to ask all these questions like, well, how does this fit in with that? And you're like, well, I mean, I'd really have to get into an in-depth explanation. And then you end up on the phone for two hours and they still don't buy with you because it was confusing. If it takes two hours to close, if it takes two hours, and by close, I just mean good fit or not. If it takes two hours to do that, you're doing too much. And sales is not even my like super supreme area of expertise, but I know that two hours is too much. So that's kind of what you're looking at for the the three different ones. But if you look at the delight stage, the delight stage, which I did not create a, a banner for, the delight stage it's basically very much like the top, middle, and bottom. It's very much like the stuff you put at the awareness, consideration, and decision because your current and past clients can still go through that process, but their trust level with you, as long as their experience was good, their trust level with you is still very high. So they may go back through your process, like go back through your marketing cycle, marketing and sales cycle at an accelerated pace. So perhaps you worked with them last year on something, but now you're offering a new service and you announce it on social media. And that person who worked with you last was like, oh, she was so good. He was so good. Let me sign up for this webinar where they're telling us more about it. Oh, that was so great. This is exactly what I needed. And I, I want to move forward right now. So they schedule the sales call. The call is just, y'all are just kind of shooting the shit, honestly, because they're like, oh yeah, you remember last year how we were doing X, Y, Z. And you're like, yeah, I remember that. And they're like, okay, that's cool. This is what we're trying to do now. And uh, based on what you're saying about your new service, your new offering, do you think that could help? And you're like, you know what? I think it could. And you're like, they're like, okay, great, let's move forward. And you're like, okay, cool. So this is how much it costs. They're like, cool, let's do it. And you're like, okay. And then you ask them, so are we using the same credit card as last time? And they're like, oh, you know what? I got a new credit card. Let me go grab it. Like, that's how it goes. <laughs> that's how it goes when you're reconverting a, a past client. And then with a the current client, they may just add on to their current arrangement with you. So just understand that your current and past clients, they still may want to work with you if it's a good fit. And you just want to take care of that relationship and nurture it. The last thing that I want to tell you is that different models emphasize different metrics. And so we cannot compare metrics if we do not have similar models. So if your model is like, oh, yeah, you know what? I hardly spend time on social media. All of my clients come through referrals. And then they're like, oh, well, likes and comments, those are just vanity metrics. Get out of here. You don't even use the same model. You get all your stuff from referrals, which is great. Like, I'm not knocking the model. What I am knocking is when you're judging other people's care for their metrics, metrics that don't line up with your model. Now, if you wanted to say, hey, I no longer want to be just referrals, how do I build awareness? Then you can't look at top of the funnel metrics as vanity metrics anymore. You have to understand that every single metric at every single stage of the story contributes or every single stage of the journey contributes to the story. The numbers tell a story and you need to be able to extract. You need to be able to extract that story from the numbers. And if you are looking at any metric as a vanity metric, I, I swear you are taking it out of context. And when it's out of context, it loses its meaning. It's like if I say the word apple, and you're like, okay, so apple, I just took it out of context. I just gave you the word green apple. And you're like, okay. But if I say, oh my goodness, I was at an orchard and a green apple fell right out of the tree 
as I was looking up and hit me in the eye. And that's why I have this black eye. That was a whole story. And you were able to follow along. That is the same as your metrics. Your metrics are like the individual words in a sentence. If I pull it out, the sentence loses meaning, but that word by itself doesn't have nearly as much meaning as it would within the context of the story. So thank you for joining me today. I hope I changed your mind about vanity metrics because honestly, they don't exist. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Defy the Status Quo Biz, and the link is in this episode's description. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.